Welcome to Gladiatrix. I am woman and hear me roar. I'm your host, Malini Sarma. Every week, I will be speaking with women from all over the world who will be sharing their journeys, their stories about overcoming their fears and achieving great things that they thought they never could. So if you don't want to miss a story, make sure you subscribe. Before we talk about today's show, I would like to say thank you to all my guests who have been featured on the Gladiatrix podcast to date. I have a dream. There are 193 countries in the United Nations, and I have a dream that I can host at least one woman from every country in the world on this podcast. That is 193 countries, 193 stories, on 193 shows. So if you know of somebody who should be featured on the show, please drop me a note. I would really appreciate it. In today's episode, we're speaking with Joanna Munez. Joanna is originally from the Dominican Republic, but she grew up in the United States. Living in a toxic relationship with her mother, she couldn't wait to get out. And when she was finally thrown out at the age of 17, Joanna, who is an ardent do-it-yourselfer, figured out a way. She had a job, she went to nursing school, she had a baby, and now she is actually going to start her own do-it-yourself business. This is her story. Hi, Joanna. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm really excited for you to be here because I know there are so many people out there who can, who would be listening to your story and can totally resonate. Hi, Malini. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here as well. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that you're here. So you, um, even though uh, your family and your mom is from the Dominican Republic, you were born in the U.S., right? Yes, yes, that's so correct. tell me a little bit more about your experience growing up. You know, what was it like? I mean, do you have siblings and, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? Sure. So I was actually born in um, New York City mm-hmm. um, and I was the youngest of four. So I have two older brothers and a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, I briefly actually went back to the Dominican Republic um, for a couple years, just between like two and four, mm-hmm. and then came back here um, to the United States. So my mom actually, um, growing up, she was a single mom. Mm-hmm. Um, my two brothers, unfortunately, were just like troublemakers, you know, mm-hmm. they, they caused a lot of trouble. Um, so I actually just watched like that relationship, that mm-hmm. toxic relationship that they had with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she basically... I mean, as a single mom of four kids, it was hard for her. She came here. She didn't know the language. Mm-hmm. I watched um, my sister's relationship with her mm-hmm. kind of become really toxic and her kicking my mom up. I mean, my sister out at 17. Mm-hmm. Um, so being the youngest, like, of course, like even my sister says that I was like the most spoiled one. But <laughs> I look at it, it's like I'm the one that like witnessed a lot of the painful things that, that happened despite everything. I mean, we didn't have a terrible childhood. My mom worked actually really hard to mm-hmm. put food in the table and put a roof over our heads. But like I said, she blamed a lot of it on us 
he would mm-hmm. say like, if it wasn't for you guys, I'd probably, you know, mm-hmm. be doing better things or um, be better off financially. Mm-hmm. And I took a lot of that as, as guilt. That was like built up mm-hmm. guilt for me. Um, so, you know, I, I actually even got kicked out at the young age of 17 too. My mom and I had a lot of disagreements. Mm-hmm. I had, um, I got my first job at 15. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I knew that I didn't want to be like her, which mm-hmm. is sad to say, you know, she, right. she would even say it. She would say like, make sure that you don't become me and like work in a factory like your whole mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And I was just determined to just get my first job, mm-hmm. get a car and not have to rely on her mm-hmm. for a lot of things where mm-hmm. she relied on me for a lot of things. Like I was young, I was in middle school writing checks for my mom, paying her bills, reading, mm-hmm. like translating. See, um, so, so when, because uh, you said you're, um, even though you were born here, mom is from the Dominican. So did you guys like speak Spanish at home? Only so, Spanish yeah. at home? Your mom, yeah, your my mom- first yeah, so my first language was Spanish, mm-hmm. and I learned English in school in kindergarten, and that's where I learned English. So, did your mom, even though she lived here, did she speak English at all, or did she understand? No. Wow. So this no, is huge. So she actually lived. Yeah, mm-hmm. she lived here for over thirty years. I mean, now she's retired and back in the Dominican Republic, but she never really learned the language. Like she understood some things, but. Mm-hmm not enough to really get by Mm -hmm. and for me that was a big deal like I Mm -hmm. feel like I would I wouldn't want to rely on people to do things for Mm -hmm. me but Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. her it was just like we could do these things and help her out because she brought us here she Mm -hmm. basically was trying to give us a better life you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um so growing up I mean it was pretty much you know, is you, I'm sure, were you like, I can't wait to get out of here? Was that kind of the mindset? That's exactly <laughs> it, Melanie. <laughs> I was just like, I, I, we had so many like conflicts, her and I, because my, my thought process was just like, I don't want to live this way. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I want to do better for myself. And mm-hmm. he didn't like that I was becoming so independent Dependent. at the same time oh, right. and was refusing ultimately as a teen to help her with every single thing. I would get frustrated that I was always translating and Mm -hmm. always doing these things for her. So Mm -hmm. we, it wasn't very good for us for a little bit. I can imagine. I mean, teenager as it is, is pretty traumatic, you know, growing up, but then, and you have an addition, it's almost like a burden. You had to be a child parent kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So when growing up, I mean, being in that, you know, and seeing how how much your mom struggled and everything, did you really care what you were going to do when you grew up? You just, or did was it just like, I can't wait to get out of here, be independent, have my own place, have my own money, and I can do whatever I want. Was it that? And exactly. I had enough money. Was that the thought? Yeah, it was. It was like that. You know, I didn't have someone to tell me like these are the steps to mm-hmm. to find what you really want to do. I was just like, I need to figure out a way anyway. Mm-hmm. to get out of this situation. Mm-hmm. So um, when you hit 17, what did you, because you said you started working when you were 15. So what yes. happened? So I actually started working when I was 15 mm-hmm. and my mom was like, okay, you have your job. You need to help me with the bills. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I finally get a paycheck and I'm like, wait, where, where is this going? So I actually, I helped my mom pay a lot of bills, but her expectations were just so high. Mm-hmm. Like they, she was just like, no, I need like 
80% of your paycheck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm working so hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm paying at the time I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want my own things. I wanted to buy my first car. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, well, you can't right now. We need to pay these bills. Mm-hmm. And that was not fun for me. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. So, so then what happened after 17? So 17, my mom was like, this is it. She actually kicked me out. Mm-hmm. Now, my sister was also kicked out at 17. So I actually went to go live with her. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was graduating um, high school. And my mom and I would speak, but not not that much. I mean, our relationship was kind of like a roller coaster. It was mm-hmm. up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to, I enrolled for our local university. And that's when I knew that I wanted to go into the medical field. My first job was actually at a pediatrics office. Okay. And I knew that, okay, this is for me, you know, they pay well. I knew some mm-hmm. nurses that made well, good money. Mm-hmm. I was like, this could be a good career for me. Mm-hmm. And I was, everybody would always say that I was like good with kids. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what, this is definitely something, regardless of where I would end up, I knew that I was going to go to college because that's something my mom would definitely tell me, like, don't like make sure you just get a good education. Mm-hmm. So did you, while you were working in the doctor's office with it, you know, was there anybody there like a nurse or a doctor who would say, you know what, you should definitely try this out, make sure you take these classes or somebody give you, you know, like role model that kind of just gave you some ideas or you were just pretty much observing and seeing. And then that's what kind of triggered your interest and said, you know, I have, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So it's funny because my, the doctor was actually my sister-in-law Mm. who they they're also Dominican Mm -hmm. it was her uncle's pediatric office Mm -hmm. and to me like having a Hispanic doctor Mm -hmm. with his own private office and Mm -hmm. his wife helping him I was thinking wow I mean if they can do this Mm -hmm. this is definitely possible that's Mm -hmm. something I've never seen before Mm -hmm. and that kind of motivated me too I mean I it's funny that you mentioned role models I was thinking I don't, I, I can't name like an exact role model growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I just knew exactly what I didn't want to put myself in right, right. situation. You know, mm-hmm. I had a lot of people give me good advice and, and bad advice, but mm-hmm. I just, I, I always stay true to myself and, and stuck with what I felt was good for me and would make me happy mm-hmm. and would just take that. But I, I didn't really have like, I think it was more of like a fight, <laughs> fight or flight situation <laughs> right, for me. Right, where I'm right. like, I can't. So, so when you, so after, when you went to, when you went to college, you went to your local college and um, you, did you go into nursing directly or did you kind of have to kind of take the long while, you know, did you have to get help? Did anybody, any from, from your family, like your, you know, that the doctor's office, your sister-in-law, anybody kind of give you advice? How did that journey begin? It was, um, it was difficult for me. I didn't know anyone that was in the nursing program. I like, no one really told me like, Oh, good for you. Like go here enroll enroll in this program. They would just thought like, Oh good. You're in college. Mm -hmm. But no one really gave me like the in and outs of Mm -hmm. like, wait, how do I, you know, I just applied and that Mm -hmm. was it. A couple of my friends were doing the same thing. So we just went together, you know, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm kind of rolled with the punches, but nursing school was very difficult for me. I was dealing with a lot of stuff at home too. I mean, Mm -hmm. I didn't really have a stable home and I had a lot of anxiety and it was a huge like culture shock Mm -hmm. where I just was in this big university and taking these classes and struggling. I was always 
pretty much like a good student, but mm-hmm. now my, my grades were, weren't as good as I would have liked them to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, the only thing I did know was I, I have to keep going. I can't go back because I don't want to end up like my mother. Right. And I think that was like a huge motivator for me. I couldn't think of anything else that I wanted to do. And I was like, I, this is it. There's no going back. Mm-hmm. I just need to, you know, get this done. So as far as, so you after you is nursing school, do you go directly or do you have to do like a couple of years of undergrad and then you have to go or? Yeah. So it's a, it's a four-year program. Okay. Um, and the first two years, you know, you're just doing your general education mm-hmm. um, and then you, you enroll for the program. But I was, I was lucky enough to, you know, get into the program. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, I, I got my CNA license. Mm-hmm. Um and it it went well for me. I mean, I feel like looking back now, I'm like, I don't know how I did it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so just... as far as funding and stuff like that, did you have to you know take loans and stuff? And oh know, yeah, and you had to figure all that out on your own. There was nobody like telling you, oh, you should do this, that, or the other. Yeah, my so my mom obviously said like I couldn't pay. I I applied for a lot of like scholarships and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. things like that, but I had a lot of loans. I didn't even know like financial aid I had to do that on my own you know mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't know like I would take loans but little did I know that at the end I would have to pay them back, back. I was almost like so naive about mm-hmm. <laughs> how expensive like going to college is you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so um once you got into the nursing program did you like see light at the end of the tunnel you're like okay now kind of I'm, I'm, you know, I, I can do what I need to do or ha- so what was, what was going on? Cause you said the schooling was hard. So once you came out of the program, what were your, what, you know, what were your plans? Yeah. So I actually met um, my boyfriend in, at the university and I actually, my junior year, was it actually my senior year, first semester, um, I got pregnant mm-hmm. and I had my son. So that delayed me um, a semester, which was totally fine. Mm-hmm. But after I had him, that's when I knew I was like, okay, this is like, this is it. We're almost done. Mm-hmm. I need to finish. I, people, a lot of people were telling me like, take a year off. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was like, no, as if the quicker I get this done now mm-hmm. that he's a baby, mm-hmm. the, the easier it'll be for me mm-hmm. having my career and, and working, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. but I didn't have a lot of like, they were just saying like, oh, good, good for you. Good job. Not a lot of guidance. So, I mean, so now you, now you had a small baby and you had to finish mm-hmm. school and then you had to go back to work. So were you able to like spend time with your son or, you know, did you have family kind of helping out while you went to school and were working or you just chose, you know, like working nights so that you could be with him during the day? How, how did you manage all that? Yeah. So my boyfriend and I just basically relied on each other to um, work things out you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he was so he was going to school too at the time and we just managed we I started I actually didn't get a nursing job um until like a year after I graduated which was actually shocking because I was thinking everybody would say like oh there's always a job Mm -hmm. but I actually as a as a um, a CNA I started um working in the NICU so Mm -hmm. during my um rotations at for like labor and delivery, mm-hmm. we actually shadowed the NICU, which okay. is the neonatal intensive care unit, mm-hmm. working with premature babies. Mm-hmm. And I was, 
the minute I saw that unit, I was thinking, this is it. This is what I, I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I started there as an aide. I got a, a wonderful opportunity as a student. And which was helpful because they were looking for someone who spoke Spanish mm-hmm. to translate. So at the same time, I became a medical interpreter. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, which was easy to do because I was already um, a CNA. So all I had to do was take a test mm-hmm. to prove that I actually spoke the language well, I could write it, mm-hmm. you know, and I got that medical interpreter. And that was a wonderful opportunity for me. And I haven't left the unit since then. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of it's kind of nice. I mean, not that you planned it that way, but it just kind of happened that you got, you know, yes. you were able to use your skills as a nurse as well as your Spanish speaking skills to help out. So that was great. Right. Yeah. It's just so funny how things just like shift and opportunities kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. open and you just kind of go with it. Right. You're looking back, you're like, wait, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> true, true, very true. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about your your uh, DIY business because you are, I love, I love the stuff that you do. I've seen your Instagram pages and, um, you know, the detail that you have, the eye for, the eye for design and color and everything. So how did that start? Is it, do you have like a, a, a regular business right now or is it just beginning? How did, Tell me so a little more just, about it. It's just beginning. I feel like the last year, it's really when I, I'm putting more focus on it. Mm-hmm. But actually back in 2016, mm-hmm. um, I had my, we had our first home and I wanted to get a, I wanted to purchase a TV stand. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking online and I'm like, I don't want to spend all this money. Of course you we're on a tight budget. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I don't want to spend all this money on, a TV stand that was like basically not even real wood. Right. The furniture right. that's built now is so different. And I actually went on Pinterest and I saw that someone had converted a dresser into a TV stand. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then I learned about chalk paint. And that was my first project. So I got a dresser, I painted it, I posted it on my social media, and people were like, oh, that's so cool. Like, what did you use and things like that. So ever, that was like my first thing. Then after that, I just started as like, you know, just a hobby, something to do for fun over the weekend, Mm -hmm. just refinished, refinished furniture for, for my own home. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, back, I'm like, wow, that was in 2016. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. I kind of named it a little side hustle. You know, Mm -hmm. we actually got a, a dog um named penny and i gave my little hobby a name painting by the penny mm-hmm. she was always by my side every time i would just refinish any any projects but mm-hmm. um that was what was started it and a lot of people were supportive and they were you know saying like how cool these things were and mm-hmm. i was like yeah anyone can do it but now it's like people the things i post now people are like wait like your living room looks nice like can you decorate can you mm. do some interior design? So mm-hmm. I feel like this, I feel like this is a small little shift, but yeah. my yeah. heart is just making your home and your space feel mm. good. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like, especially now we're spending a lot of time at home mm-hmm. and to create a space, like, especially on a budget, things right. can be so expensive. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's big for me. I love that type of stuff, you know? Yeah. Then, no, that's what, that's actually takes some skill is, you know, especially le- to be able to see what it could be takes, 
takes a special eye. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, so have you, have you like decided that you're going to like make these things and sell it or are you just kind of doing it, you know, still kind of like on, on the side and just for your, for fun, for fun? Um, no, I, I think my focus now is making it into a business. I actually just applied for my LLC. Nice. But, um, yeah. I'm learning a lot about myself and how to invest my time mm-hmm. and monetize the things that I, I know because it's been a few years since I've been doing this. So, you know, I know, I know a little something about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I no. want to be able to put myself out there a little bit more. No, this is awesome. I mean, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like we've always heard, it's like, don't let your job be your only thing. You got to make sure that yes. you've got other things on the side so that, you know, when your job decides to give up on you, <laughs> you don't right, have to worry right. about it. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of people say like, some people say like, especially my mom, she would say like, what are you doing? You're a nurse. Like that should be enough. You're right. For me, it's like, why would that be enough? Of course, being a nurse is a passion that I have, but I have more than one passion. Why not pursue more than one passion, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I did, have a, I, yeah, I did have another question. Like when you were talking about, you know, going to school and going to nursing school and all that, did you being, you know, being a Latina, did you actually have, tr- you know, a hard time? Did people, did you notice either people discriminating or, you know, did you sense any of that or you, you were just like so focused? You it didn't really, whether it happened or didn't happen, it didn't really bother you. I was actually fortunate enough um, because our local university, a lot of um, kids that I knew mm-hmm. from um, my high school, mm-hmm. a lot of, there was a lot of us that went and we actually enrolled into this program called talent development at the okay. university of Rhode Island. Okay. And they help you financially. And that's what we applied for. And it's almost like we were kind of not in a bubble in a sense, but like it was easier for us to relate to each other and, we had um, guidance through through that program a mm-hmm. little, you know. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome that you are mm-hmm. that you had a little group or you know there was somebody looking out for you, you know, or at least guiding you to say this is what you need to do. So, right. No, that that's awesome. So yeah. um, you should be really proud of you know achieving your goals. I mean, look where you started. You know, you know, being in a very toxic relationship and not knowing. So for somebody, so you know, at a young age to realize or, you know, figure out that, you know, I, I am not going to be dealing with this or I refuse to deal with this and I need to make my life better. I mean, that takes a lot of, uh, that takes a lot of maturity. So it can tell mm-hmm. that you've probably grown, you know, you were like a young, what do you call an older person in a young body? Yeah, <laughs> <growing up. laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so what would you want to tell others, you know, especially who, you know, who, um, who want to follow their dreams and they're having a hard time at home? What kind of advice would you want to give them? Oh, God, I feel like I have so much to say about this. one. <laughs> yeah, so, go for you know, it. It's, it's funny, because we're always talking about what we want to do mm-hmm. all the time. Like I, a lot of my friends and family were always talking about like, I want to do this, want to do that. But we never start. Mm-hmm. We don't, we just don't do it. We're always talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, we need to stop just like talking about it and at least set small goals to reach your potential and to reach your, your ultimately your final goal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that like, we always um, have time to grow. It doesn't matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm growing now. I'm learning so much about myself, my potential, mm-hmm. like putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, one huge thing I always say is like advocate for yourself. 
No one is going to fight for something you want more than you. Exactly. Can't like don't, can't rely on a lot of people or depend on others to fulfill your dreams. Mm-hmm. If you really want to go for it, you have to do something about it. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and I don't be afraid to fail. That's one thing. I'm like, I'm gonna try this. If it doesn't work out, then it is what it is. I'll just move on to something else. And maybe it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. I um I always. I always hear people say like, oh, I'm, I'm scared. I don't, I don't want to start that. What if it doesn't work out? Mm-hmm. But just, you know, set yourself up so that if it does happen, it's okay. And you mm-hmm. can move on from that. Right. Well, I think that's all very good advice. I could, I should yeah. listen to some of that because half the time I <laughs> talk myself out of things until somebody's like challenges me and says, no, you have to do this. Let me see if you right. can do it. <laughs> so. And I mean, not to say that I don't have my doubts and stuff, but mm-hmm. I always just stay true to myself. You know, mm-hmm. I don't let the pressure of others mm-hmm. like change the way I see things. Like I always say like, wait, is this going to make me happy? Mm-hmm. I try to avoid like burnout. I mean, people, the, when I first started my little hobby, mm-hmm. people were saying like, oh, you, you should just open a store and, you know, do all these things. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to take, I want to do these things on my, on my own time, mm-hmm. my own pace. So mm-hmm. well, that could be your dream, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's my dream. Right. And I, and embrace change. I, I was always afraid of change growing up because mm-hmm. change wasn't, wasn't always good. Right. But now it's like, it's okay. There's a mm-hmm. shift in the direction. Mm-hmm. There's a change and opportunities will come, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. So now mm-hmm. looking back, you know, and knowing what you know now, do you think there was anything that you would have changed or what would you have told your younger self? I see. I I don't know if I would have changed much. I feel like regardless of the experience, I, I, the negative experiences I had, it Mm -hmm. made me who I am today. Mm -hmm. Who knows where I would have ended up if I didn't, I wasn't responsible for paying my own bills and things like that. You know, I feel like that's what, that's what me. And yeah, I'm, I'm 35 years old now. And would I have loved to, you know, be more financially stable or even make, invest money Mm -hmm. at a younger age. Yes, of course. But Mm -hmm. I was focused on being a mom and and Mm -hmm. getting a job and starting my career Mm -hmm. when I was in my Mm twenties. So I, I don't know if I would have changed anything. I would have probably told my younger self that like, this is okay. This is a different direction. I mean, people have different timelines and, Mm -hmm. and this is yours. And now is your time to invest in yourself Mm -hmm. and that's okay. You know? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I think that is really good advice. And I think a lot of people can really probably um, resonate with that. So mm-hmm. what is your what is your Instagram handle so people can see your amazing uh, DIYs? <laughs> oh, thank you. It's actually, um, it's painting by the penny on painting. Instagram. Okay. And you don't yeah. have a website yet, do you? No, not yet. I will soon. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. So if anybody needs to get a hold of you, they can they can find you at, at Painting by the Penny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, awesome. network, networking has been awesome too. I'm kind of just reaching out to people and there's mm-hmm. a, such a big community out there on social media. So it's, it's been fun to get to know people, especially like you, you know, it's awesome. 
I know. I mean, I had no idea. I'm learning too myself. It's like yeah. there is a whole world out there. And I'm like, I have such like, you know, I'm like, just like you, I'm also still growing my podcast and just learning about people and finding out things. And it's been quite the, quite a fascinating journey. And every day I'm learning something new every day. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Everyone has a story. So yeah, awesome literally. To- Everybody has a story. <laughs> oh yeah. no, thank you. I'm and that's that's my dream is you know, I want to be able to talk to people from all over the world because I think everybody has a story to tell and everybody's journey is different. And yet we can all learn yeah. from that. So Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. So thank awesome. you, Joanna. I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thank you so much, Melanie. You're very welcome. <laughs> thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you love the show, please leave a review. Just remember, you could be one story away from being inspired.